Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. We are so excited to bring you from the hit series, Blind Spotting, Mr. Benjamin Earl Turner. Thank you so much for being on Bitch Talk. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate y'all. Yeah. And uh, so by now, our listeners are well aware of what Blind Spotting <laughs> is. Uh, but can you introduce Earl, your character, to us? Yeah, yeah. Earl is um, Earl is this dude who is uh, fresh out of a year sentence for possession of marijuana um and it's kind of trippy because it's he went in when it was still legal uh, illegal to sell and now it is legal um so basically you went to jail for something that um you know white folks are getting paid billions of dollars to make an industry around that we already had a pretty substantial industry around it was just criminalized and earl is serving his house arrest um at nancy's house he's a tenant He's renting a room in West Oakland. So he's living with Nancy, Janelle, um, and side by side with uh, the other family, Rainey and and um, and Ashley and, and Trish. So Earl's just this new dude on the block who's trying to figure out his life. And he's trying to sort of stay out of trouble. That's, that's really it. He's this quirky, uh, kind of strange dude, but ultimately really sweet and, and I think well-meaning. Um, so far as he's constructed so far in the season um, so yeah that's that's who he is yeah we we had rafa on a few weeks back and i was telling him how much i loved earl earl is just really this thoughtful gentle character and so many onion peel so much to peel off from earl with every episode yeah. and and um I, I wanted to know this is really your first big screen debut as an actor and and how did you channel earl and i and i also want to know where does benjamin end and earl <laughs> begin yeah um <laughs> i would say part of uh sort of the sad reality of creating earl is that earl is a representation of of people that I know in my life, an actual representation of formerly incarcerated men. Um, the the problem is that a lot of our taste of formerly incarcerated men is given to us by media. And so media really strips all of the humanity, the things that we like most about Earl, the sweetness, the kindness, the, the sort of complexity. Um, media typically strips that away from the characters that they depict as formerly incarcerated. In my experience, I say it's sad because it is sad that I know so many people. I'm so close to so many people who have been formerly incarcerated and um, and all of them show such a, a degree, a wide variety and degree of humanity that it was kind of easy to really um, infuse Earl as a character with with those elements that I think make him more interesting and sort of make him um, the kind of character that I, I wanted to both see and play. Um, and then in terms of where Earl stops and where I began or vice versa, um, 
I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out. I think sometimes in different interviews, I have different answers, but I think the reality is that he's probably a lot less forceful than I am a lot less. Um, I'll put it like this. We're both water signs. Earl's definitely oh. <laughs> cancer though. And I'm, I'm in real life a Scorpio. And that's the difference. That's like, mm. that's the, you know, Scorpios are like, to me, they're the fire signs of water signs. We're very rah, rah. Um, and Earl is not that he's, he's, he's a lot more caring and sweet. I think, I mean, I'm caring and sweet, but like, he's a lot more caring. <laughs> I am. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And then I think it's just kind of thinking about, um, not trying to play a character that like, uh, not trying to play such a, a range of a character where it doesn't look like me at all. I think sometimes that's the trap for uh beginning actors or new actors is is mm. i have to play a character that is so different from me in order to convince everyone that i'm a good actor um but i think really maybe the magic is playing someone who's closer to you but just a shade or degree off and then really nailing that because the more that you go along the more that those identities sort of diverge from one another so that, that's sort of my hope, but I don't know, you know, maybe it works and maybe you don't. It's working. It worked. <laughs> um, it's 100 percent working. Right, right, right. And you know what? Is it is it Benjamin? Is it Ben? Is it none of those? Um, it's definitely Benjamin. And then okay. you know, as we get familiar, as we inevitably will, Ben <laughs> and Benny and Benji and whatever sort of feels comfortable and familial is cool with me. OK, I just wanted but, to make sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, if if we can a little bit, can we can we dive into your origin story? Because sure. um, Rafa did share that he he and David have known you since you were fourteen. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like what? And um, I was trying to do a little internet sleuthing as I try to do with our our folks. And is it true you're from Antioch? And did you grow up in Antioch? Okay. It is. It is. I'm, right. I was born in Hayward. Uh, oh, hey. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All uh, right. I'm from San Leandro. Okay. Yeah. Go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's right there. Yeah. What's crazy is is the Bay is just is it's if it was on the East Coast, it would just be New York. It's, mm. it's so mind blowing to me the way everything is just sitting on top of each other. Mm -hmm. Um. But anyway, yeah, I, I was born in Hayward. Um, we moved out to Sassoon. Oh, yeah. Um, because my parents being um, young and blue collar and black and having a, four children, we're trying to figure out how to keep a roof over our head and also advance. Um, and you're not going to really do that in the city. So they moved us as far out as they could. They did that crazy two-hour commute. My pops was actually working in San Leandro for 30 years um and so we're driving from out that way you know to get to work blah 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 and ended up settling in Antioch probably when I was around five um four or five and I think till I was about 11 we lived out there moved up to Sacramento for a while came back after two years still back in Antioch in and around Antioch Brentwood Pittsburgh mm -hmm. all all that little ugly area <clears throat> that I love dearly <laughs> love to hate <laughs> and um and then I probably started running into Roth and them yeah around 14 15 I started like a lot of Bay kids I think because of the BART you just I don't know it, it was just the accessible thing it, mm -hmm. it wasn't a strange thing to 
see kids on BART or see kids on the bus. So I started mobbing into the city and into Oakland to go to um, Poetry Slam. Initially, it was to skate, to be honest. I was I was dipping from class and I was just skating in the city. And then I had a teacher who was like, oh, if you go to this open mic, uh, I'll give you extra credit. And I was already writing a lot of poetry. Um, and so I started going to the open mics and I met Rafa, met Diggs and everything else kind of tumbled from there. Um, but yeah, definitely the forgotten side of, of, of the Bay that people don't want to claim, but I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm very okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's where you're from. Yeah, exactly. Well, obviously for us watching this show, it's it's just so exciting to finally see the, the Bay being represented, Oakland being represented. And, and there's a lot of things that you would expect to see, like sideshows and yeah. the music and, and all of that. But what do you think is is the big thing that people are going to get from this show that maybe they wouldn't expect from um, the representation representation of Oakland or the Bay? Yeah, I think one of the things you'll get is that it's a. It, what I hope you get in part is an understanding of how much it's sort of a self-sustaining organism. I think a lot of places, um, a, a lot of places sort of feed off of the energy of another place, you know, so in, in LA or New York or these big metropolitans, they rely on transplants coming and feeding into the culture and helping to build what we understand it as um, not in totality. These places also have their own culture, but I think that's a major part of it. But the Bay is a little different in, in respect to the fact that we our sort of insular nature just keeps reinventing itself we all we all sort of germinate new possibilities with one another in terms of our 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 culture our style um so I think that's one of the things that sort of I hope people come to understand is just how innovative the bay is and how much that's happened on its own um, mm-hmm. and, and for that reason, we should be allowed to continue to innovate on our own, right. And like demonstrate and, and show up, uh, the way we want to in the world. The other thing that, that comes to mind that I hope people get from the show is just that, um, there, there's different ways to tell stories. Like, I don't think, I don't think blind spotting is about getting it perfect, right? Like if you're looking for the, the perfect show that, perfectly blend spoken word or poetry some people would say like well the perfect show to me doesn't have those things right so I don't think it's about that I think it's um I think it's recognizing that we're in 2021 and we've all seen a bunch of media we've all Mm -hmm. seen a bunch of movies we've all seen a bunch of shows um and we've all taken in a lot of stuff and so now we have to start thinking about telling stories in new ways and so I hope one of the things people get is sort of an appetite for uh, newer or innovative or novel ways of telling and receiving story. So we're folding in spoken word and we're folding in dance and we're folding in, um, you know, certain things with light or movement, um, comedy with drama and folding all of those things in, in a unique way, and then really rooting them in place as telling a story in a very different kind of way, but you have to be prepared and available to receive that kind of new telling of a story. So I hope people, build an appetite for what uh what we're what we're cooking up i think it's kind of the perfect timing for something different we've all been cooped up for so long it's like oh this is this is different yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think so i hope so i mean it's it's um i try to think about another show that has all the elements not one of the elements and and then i can't and then i know we're Mm -hmm. going in a good direction because even if even if we're you know i always 
like to keep in mind that the first is oftentimes never the best, um, but it's still one of the most valuable. So even if we are the first to tell a story like this, someone will inevitably take our blueprint and make it better. And I hope they do, but we're still inevitably uh, invaluable to that process. And so no matter what, I think we're in a good place in terms of how we're, we're telling stories and, and representing the Bay. Um, are you naturally a comedic person or was that something you had to, uh Oh, sorry. Am I going to make you spit take right now? Um, are you, you're like, well, yes. Um, but was that something you had to tap into or um, you're funny? No, I was honestly, it's, uh, it's kind of the hidden talent, I guess, or it's like the hidden part. It feels like the more hidden part. Mm of of who I am but it feels very natural it's the I, I can track that part of me back further than I can track other things that I love to do whether it be like making music or, or mm -hmm. spoken word or writing um before those things I was like making my family laugh at the, at the at the cookout so I think I also come from a very funny family everybody in my family's hella funny <laughs> so Eloki is just like I'm just channeling channeling all the jokes and the roast and the timing that we sort of worked on we watched so much funny shit growing up everything was hilarious everything was a production from comic view to like wcw wwf to like everything was just <laughs> like a production you know um we used to just roast the hell out of each other <laughs> just because you know like um and that kind of that kind of energy i think carried over but in a lot of ways I never knew how to activate that necessarily in, in an art space. So this is really the first time I've gotten to just like be trust that I am funny and then be, be and do that. Um, which feels hella tight. It's just like, Oh shit. I, <laughs> motherfuckers is laughing, huh? Is <laughs> yeah. Well, I bet watching it with an audience for the first time is kind of nerve wracking, but exciting too. Cause I was, I was, I was actually at the LA premiere at the, oh, at the Hollywood cemetery oh. and just, just he hearing it, watching it with an audience and hearing people laugh in all the right places and also in different places. Like, how did that, how did that feel for you? You're first seeing yourself for your first time on the big screen with an audience. Yeah, no, it definitely, it, it puts batteries in your back. It, um, you know, it's, it's weird because I think I coming from the spoken word tradition amongst others, but that's sort of being a really foundational part of, of my like artistic makeup or whatever. It's such a like immediate drug you perform and it's, it's three minutes. And even as you're doing that, like as soon as you perform an audience responds. So to think about like jokes and timing and situations that we did months ago that got edited, maybe they picked the, you know, they might've picked the take that you thought was funny, but they might not have. It's a lot more worrisome. You're like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know. Like, I, I can't tell if, if I'm really nailing this, but it's so affirming and really de demonstrates just how this art form works differently. And so it makes me have a little more trust in the process. So it's, it's both affirming and I'm just like, oh, okay, I get it. I get that editors and, and showrunners and directors are seeing a thing that I can't see because I'm in it and I'm supposed to be in it. And then I'll, I'll get to see it later and, and enjoy it later, um, which which was pretty dope. Well, I have one more side note uh, at that L.A. premiere. I was like, I, gotta, I have to go see Benjamin and tell him how much I love Earl. And I was like, I'm going to tell him at the after after party. But I didn't see you there. Were you in some hidden room or did you not go? 
the after. I just after have to know. Party. Yeah, the one that was at the bar down the street. I was there. I was at the after after party. I was whatever. I would have seen man. that. Good I would have seen that red suit. That yeah. oh, see, I took the suit off. I took. Oh. The suit off. I, I was looking I for changed, the red suit. Clothes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Beyonce over here. Okay, yeah, I, mean, I had to change. So I, because I, the suit is like you want to rock the suit, but then eventually you just want to kind of you have know fun. Keep fast, have fun. fun. Yeah, and it was red. I'm like you know, <laughs> like Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I not be. I'm standing out. Hell no, that was an awesome. And that was my because it was packed and I already had a few drinks, obviously. So I was just uh, looking for a red uh-huh. suit and I didn't find it. All right. So it's my fault. It's Whatever. Awesome. Anyway, go ahead. Aaron. Thank you. Uh, a couple more questions for me. And then I yeah. know Ange has one more and we'll close. Okay. So I did spot one thing in your Instagram profile that I have a question about your shaman question mark. Uh, or is that a joke? It's kind of a joke. It's kind of a joke. I would have believed it. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I don't have any, um, the full disclaimer is like, I don't have any right to that language. So like, I'm aware of that. Okay. Um, and, and also, yes, I don't have a right to any language technically because I'm black in America. Mm-hmm. And so whatever right or access I've been given to language is one that we've had to like, doctor and make our own so that's some semantic maybe bullshit to just say that i like to um i like to maintain spiritual practice and i like to understand myself as somebody who um who's open to holding space for spiritual practice for others as well and i don't think we get to see that a lot um i haven't seen that a lot rather with other men in the community. I've seen a lot of women, thankfully, take on the work of moving in spiritual spaces and spiritual modes uh, in whatever sort of practice or religion or belief that is. And I think it would be a shame if uh, a male identifying motherfucker didn't also be like, hey, I'm I'm going to co-labor with you and co-create with y'all in just holding space and, and being earnest and believing in that way. So I put that shit in there, but it was also just a joke. Maybe all that is cap. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. no, that was great. And then uh, my my last question, I'll throw it back to Ange. Um, can you talk about your music? And because um, when I Googled you, the first thing that came up was Spotify. And I'm like, what? So I listened to your album. Well, some mm-hmm. of it, it was real good. Same. Real yeah. good. Wow. Yeah. Um, music is whoo. I love it so much. I love it so much. As you can see from the yeah, I well, yeah, <laughs> topical, yeah. I I've been making music. I recorded probably rap the first time, like twelve years ago. I think I was I was sixteen or something like that. Um, so yeah, twelve, fourteen years ago. Um, and it's sort of always been a part of what I thought I would, I would do. It's always been a part of my life. Um, it's always been a part of how I understand myself in the world as somebody who's, who's musical. I'm always singing random shit. I'm (laughs) always humming, tapping, freestyling. Um, one time I was walking down the street and there was construction work. I shit you not. And, uh, and I just started rapping and then someone I was walking with was like, are you rapping to the construction beat? (laughs) And it felt kind of crazy. Cause I was like, damn, I am, I'm, I'm that tuned in, but it was also like, oh, I really, I really love this thing. Um, 
so yeah, music for me is is like this cool place to explore and to um, come to understand myself and, and other people. It's like part therapy, part anthropology. Um, I actually have an album that I'm going to release mm. on the day of the finale. Um, oh, shit. Cool. Yeah, yeah, nice. I, I'm a hot mess. I'm going to do whatever. You're going to do everything. Uh, yeah, yes. All the things. All, all the things. So uh, there's an album that I have called Selling Air um, mm. that uh, we're getting ready to release the day of the finale, which I'm very excited about. Um and I don't know. I think for me, music is just is part and parcel of 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 who I am. I always understood myself as writer, or I came to understand myself best as writer and performer. Um, meaning that whatever I write, I hopefully can perform, or what is written for me, I can perform. Um, so I might write, uh, I might write a, a rap or a song or a guitar lick or a scene or. Um, I might write a poem or I might write a story and then, or a, a, a stand-up comedy set, and then I'm mm -hmm. going to perform it. And so I try to operate in that space, mostly to give myself room to do what I want to do. Um, Cause I think it was that whole master of master, you know, um, master of none thing. I feel like <laughs> told me like, Oh, well you gotta, you gotta, you're Jack of all trades, but you're a master of none. And, and Rafa always like, push me to understand the end of that statement where it's like yeah but better better is better to be good at some than best at one or something like that mm. he's um, talked about that in an interview with us yeah. too. Yeah. yeah yeah and i think you know it's just a multi-hyphen issue it's just people saying you can't a bunch or yep. telling you to specialize and you're just like i am specializing in the art of being a sort of an entity for art i don't know how else to say it you know however that might come out and they feel like the same muscle. Writing a scene feels similar to writing a song. Different pathway for that muscle to operate. Same bicep. You know, the bicep might curl up this way. But if I'm doing something and I'm pulling, I'm still using the bicep, just a different movement. Um, and so I think we've really tried to lean into that. And that's part of why blind spotting is is what it has become. Um, so, yeah, that was long winded. That was a long winded way to say, go stream my album. My <laughs> hey, and that's August 8th, right? Is that, that is right? August 8th. Yeah, okay. yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. OK, well, we're running out of time, so we're going to wrap up before we do. I just have to know Earl loves burritos. He's obsessed with getting a burrito. <laughs> so I want to know for Benjamin, what is your favorite burrito in Oakland or in oh the Bay? Oh, my God. Uh, it's got, OK. There's two spots. Look. Oh, there's three. Okay. <laughs> there's uh, obviously uh, 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 Sinaloa taco truck. Mm. Those go crazy. Um, the orange truck or the orange building. You know what I'm saying? I tend to get the asada with the with the uh, with the shrimp. You feel mm. me? Oh, asada the, and shrimp. Okay. That's the mixture. Oh. Los Coyotes off mm. of 16th Street and Mission Bart. I used to get that every time I went into the city to go. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, like you speak shit every time I was mm -hmm. on my um, nonprofit poetry shit. And then the other one, I can't remember what the name of it is, but Third Street. Right by the lake at that weird little intersection is sitting on like a diamond and it'd be open to like three in the morning. Oh, and that's that them hit. <laughs> 
Lowe's is good. So them is my top three. Los Coyotes is goes crazy. Taco Sinaloa. And then this one on like third, right by the lake. It's on like a little diamond intersection. There's like you could go all these or not diamond triangle intersection. And it's uh maybe a green truck and it's delicious. Mm. And they have these crazy chips. Mm. Oh. Crazy, like they're like yep. the, with the seasoning, you know, chips matter. Not, yep. Yeah, not regular chips. So you get right. that, you dip it in the burrito. Oh, it's a situation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we, we got to go get some burritos. And thank you so much for being with us, Benjamin. We love Earl. Yeah. We love the show. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you all so much for taking the time with me. It's a pleasure, Aaron, Angela. Thank, thank you for having you. me on. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again to Benjamin for joining us on the podcast today. Don't forget that you can stream all eight episodes of Blind Spotting Season 1 on Stars. And Benjamin's new album, Selling Air, it's out now. If you missed anything from today's show, you can link up to all of it in our show notes. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions.